From the Financial Times in London, I'm Michael McKenzie, Markets Editor, and this is FT News. The release of China's 2015 economic growth estimate this week provides an opportunity for Beijing to argue that a renewed burst of stock market turmoil and currency policy confusion over recent weeks was just surface noise, while the underlying economy remains sound. With me in the studio is George Magnus, an associate at Oxford University's China Centre and a senior economic advisor to UBS. He's here to discuss what China's policymakers need to do in order to restore faith in their ability to manage the economy. Welcome to the podcast, George. Thank you. So let's get started. Plenty of people in the market say we can't really trust the figures that China releases. How fast, in your opinion, is China's economy really growing? It would be very surprising if the Chinese government did not release a growth figure that was somewhere around 6.8 to 7%. But there are a number of estimates that people have nowadays, larger than I can ever remember, ranging from about 3%, 3.5% to maybe 5 or 6%. Very few private forecasters actually think the economy is growing anywhere close to 7% anymore. And if you look at the provincial GDP data, which you can aggregate, they do not add up to 7%. In fact, many of the uh, provinces in the northeast of China and in the west of China actually have GDP that's probably growing only at about 25 to 3% now. It's offset by what's going in the coastal regions and close to the coastal regions, but it's probably of the order of uh, 5 6%, I would say, at the moment. Now, that growth figure, if that's truly the accurate growth figure here for China, is that why the drip feed of currency depreciation that we're seeing is so important to global investors? I think at the moment, the concern that investors have about the yuan is that if the Chinese authorities were to lose control of managing its stability and actually allowed it to plummet or even to announce a, a big formal devaluation, that that could really trigger instability around the world because other countries whose currencies are very, very closely tied to the Chinese currency. So in Asia, for example, there would be competitive devaluations. You might find them in some Latin American countries. And of course, what that would do would be to pass the parcel of deflation around the world, which is bad for corporate earnings, it's bad for economic activity and economic confidence. So the reason that we need to watch what's going on with the Chinese currency, because it can drop against the US dollar, provided its overall basket level, which is a tool which the authorities introduced last December, provided the basket is reasonably stable, the Chinese currency can drop a little bit against the US dollar. But what we wouldn't want to see is an overt policy of devaluation. Now, if we have China's economy slowing down and in the midst of this transition between a heavy manufacturing base towards more consumer-spurred growth, how do they manage this slowing economy and the depreciation in the renminbi? That's a good question. And it's also questionable, actually, as to whether this popular narrative of moving away from an investment-heavy economy to one that's based on consumption, it's questionable as to whether that's really happening, except by default, because as the investment share of the economy drops, the consumer share, by definition, must rise. So this shift can happen but in the context of significantly slower growth. And that's the thing that is often missed from discussions about this kind of rebalancing of China. So let's assume that this is really what's going on. A stable yuan would actually be part of the 
way in which the government would encourage this shift to not only take place, but actually to plant roots. Because if you actually allowed the currency to drop very, very significantly, it's really the equivalent of a subsidy to industrial producers and a tax on consumers because it makes consumer imports more expensive and it gives industrial producers a bit of a benefit in terms of exports and competitiveness. So a lot of people say that the Chinese should just get the devaluation out of the way and be done with and everything will be fine. That's possible. They might do that. It's it's an option. But then the whole story about reform and rebalancing, I think, would end up on the rocks, to be honest. So if you want the rebalancing story, the yuan has to be relatively stable. Right. So let's look at what you've written about recently for us here at the FT, about what you consider to be really the big issue for China, and that's essentially the level of outstanding debt in its economy, and in particular its financial system. How worried should we be about China's overall debt? Well, I think we should be anxious about the way things are going, because there was certainly at a time during the course of the last two years, a possibility that the government was going to take action to rein in excessive rates of credit expansion and debt accumulation. But it seems to me that during the last six months of 2015, that this policy was kind of upended. And it looks like a green light has really been given for more of the same. So we will almost certainly see further reductions in interest rates and onshore reserve requirements for banks in weeks to come. The rate of growth of credit, uh, the Chinese aggregate is called total social financing. Numbers came out quite recently for the month of December that showed almost uh, 2 trillion yuan, which is probably the largest they'd had all year. And the uh, the debt-to-GDP rate, which has been growing very, very quickly, probably surpassed 240% late last year and looks like it's going to continue. Now, this is not going to end anytime soon. But sooner or later, if this doesn't change, and it doesn't look as though it will change, bad debts that are being kind of hidden will show up in the banking system. And if banks should come up against some sort of problem with funding, could be because of capital flight, could be because of the rising ratio of loans to deposits, then I think that will be a very, very serious uh, situation for China, and they will have to deal with the credit expansion at that point. That might not be and almost certainly will not be in the next three to four months, but it's not two to three years away either. Right. Well, thank you very much, George Magnus. And if you want to read more about China's economy in the FT, please log on to www.ft.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustoleum. China. <laughs> 